on guard. Pray. Ale. Welcome to the Tokyo 2020 Fencing Podcast. It's episode 26. I'm Karen Bashir and joining me as ever, the Spreadsheet King, Dave Baker. Dave, hi. Uh, first question for you, how are things going with our supporters? Uh, yeah, doing well. So uh, for those of you uh, who don't know, uh, we've got a couple of a uh, couple of key fans that support us on the uh, Patreon page. Um, thanks very much, guys. We couldn't do it without you. Uh, especially to Colm Flynn, uh, Ivan Wilson, the hero Johnny Davis, uh, Linda Peterson, and Remco Costa. Uh, if uh, you want to be as cool as those guys uh, and you want to keep us afloat, um, then please head over to patreon.com forward slash fencing Tokyo and give us a bit of a hand. It would be greatly appreciated. Absolutely, yeah. Thank you to those of you already supporting us. And don't forget, you can subscribe to the podcast and like it, please, and give us five stars. That would be wonderful. And uh, also uh, follow us on Facebook uh, and on uh, Instagram and uh, this strange thing called Reddit, which I know you're all over, Dave. Uh, But, um, yeah, please do uh, spread the word. Uh, Dave's spreadsheets really do give us a really clear picture about what's going on and uh, we try our best to explain them in these podcasts and and this one is all about men's sabre the last uh, competition that was held was in Warsaw Poland the World Cup so team and individual tournaments uh, at that event going into Warsaw Korea Hungary Italy and Germany held the automatic top four spots with the zonal places going to Russia, Iran, the USA and Egypt. So, Dave, before we get tucked into Warsaw itself and what happened there, uh, going into the competition, were any of the teams safe? No, no one, no one, uh, no one's safe going into the competition, Bash. Yeah, it's a big lead for Korea. Uh, so I'm sure we'll get into uh, how their result in Warsaw has affected that situation. Uh, Warsaw itself, uh, well, we've been waiting a long, long time, and finally it happened. France brought their A game. Uh, they t- they won the the tournament in Warsaw. Uh, was a bit of a surprise given their recent form, uh, but we know that they're a strong team, and they beat some big teams on the way to that gold medal, including Korea in the final. Germany picked up the bronze medal, and they beat Italy in that playoff. Uh, so first off, Dave, thank goodness France are back. Oh, absolutely. I mean, haven't we been waiting for it all season? I mean, yeah. I think we've been waiting uh, for something from this French team, uh, not just talking about uh, Bollard Apathy in the individual places. Um, sounds like they're coming good at the right time. Yeah, absolutely. It's, uh, it, was a, it was a great result for them, a long time coming. So how has that affected the, uh, the European situation? Have France put themselves back in contention? Oh, absolutely, Bash. So what... Um, I think well, we, let's have a look at uh, let's have a look at from the top. Uh, so Korea done very well, top of the rankings. Uh, likewise, with our uh, Hungarian and uh, Italian friends, uh, did very well in in Warsaw. So they're very secure inside the top the top four. And Germany looking like that they're now going to be favourites to be inside the top four um, with a very strong bronze medal. What it's really done though, and we have a look at a fairly poor Russian result by their standards, only finishing seventh means that we've got this French team with their gold medal right on the heels of uh, of the Russian team. Yeah, just eight points behind now, France. And um, Russia, uh, it's an interesting one. Very, very strong group of fencers, uh, Roshetnikov, uh, Ibrugimov, and the, the youngster Lokanov. Individually, um, 
you know, you look at them when they're on the piece and they are absolutely top-notch fences, but they just, well, Warsaw wasn't a great competition for them both individually and as a team. But what is going on with the Russian team? Yeah, it's odd. I mean, they've sort of, I know it's only, we've only had three World Cups in men's sabre, um, but, you know, they've been, they've been reasonably strong after, um, I'd say by their standards, a fairly poor European championships, uh, finishing in the top eight and made a top eight at world championships, but they were turning it around. Uh, bronze medal in, uh, sorry, silver medal in uh, in Madrid and fourth in Algiers. But another seventh is not is not really going to cut it, Bash, uh, especially when you have got chasing teams, you know, winning not just medals but gold medals. Uh, it's not it's not going to be good enough. They're going to they're going to struggle and they're going to get caught if they don't uh, if they don't lift their game. And they got hammered by Italy in the eight by forty five twenty eight. So just they're not even in contention. It's a bit of a worry, I'd say. Certainly is if you're a Russian fan. I mean, the, 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 the situation put very simply is that Russia are on a bit of a downward trajectory in terms of performance and France, you know, riding the crest of a wave at the moment. It'd be very interesting to see what happens with that European battle. Uh, but you mentioned Korea, uh, top of the pile still. Uh, are they now qualified? Are they confirmed in the top four? They are, they are, Vash, and they are confirmed in the top four as well. They can't be caught by... Uh, Russia, who are outside, the, who are the first team outside the top four. So good news for Iran, then, right? That's great news for Iran, um, and that makes sense too. You know, it's a well-run team; they're fantastic athletes, um, and you know, by far the the, the second best team in in men's saber in Asia. Um, they deserve to go. Yeah, cats off to Payment Factory and team. Uh, lovely bunch of guys as well. China, technically, though. Uh, can catch Iran. Yeah, I mean, we've still got two World Cups to go, so China and Japan could still technically catch um, catch Iran. But you know, at this point, they need medals and they need you know gold and silver medals, which you know you know fairly concentrated weapon in terms of ability. Uh, you'd say is probably unlikely to happen. So I think probably by this time, uh, the next competition will be saying uh, Iran have qualified. So that's good news for them. Yeah, very good news for them. So uh, let's have a look at the Pan Am situation. The USA came into the tournament uh, as the top Pan American zonal team. Canada are, again, they are within reach mathematically, but in terms of performance on the piece, you've got to say USA have got to be strong favourites, right? Yeah, it's too hard for them. Um, I think Canada's only real hope is if the USA can challenge for the top four. Not impossible, but, you know, we'll be running those scenarios if the USA have a very good competition at the next World Cup. Um, no, I think that's uh, that's looking fairly stable there, Bash. And Africa then. Uh, Egypt holding the spot going in. No real challenge from uh, any of the other African nations. Uh, so will Egypt stay in the top 16 and will they go to the Olympic Games? Uh, yeah, I'd say almost, almost certainly. Um, just, yeah, if they just turn up to the next World Cup, I think that'll be enough. Right, so there we have it. South Korea, Hungary, Italy and Germany holding those top four automatic spots. Russia holding the European spot but being hunted down by France. Iran with the Asian spot, USA with the Pan Am spot and Egypt with the African spot. So are we simply looking at a race for the the, the additional European spot here now? Uh, Almost certainly. I think, you know, the couple couple of things could light a bit of a fire in the qualification race if we saw... If we saw a fantastic result from uh, from the USA, um, you know, they didn't have to be shiny medals at this point um, or a medal from Iran. Uh, not impossible. You know, they've had medals in recent um, in recent uh, in recent years. 
that would be game changing. Um, but you know, without without a stellar result, if we just see the same old names at the top uh, of the podium next time at uh, the next World Cup, then it's really just going to be a European race. Yeah, but we want to keep the suspense going a little bit. I mean, if Iran were to jump into the top four, happy days for China. If the USA did it, well, Canada are going to be whooping and hollering. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it's it's as we've seen in a few other weapons, you know, one kind of crazy result changes the whole table because you get so many more points for winning. Um, it's materially different. Uh, but uh, I wouldn't... Uh, I'm not holding. I'm not holding my breath. Let's put it that way. <laughs> oh, I like to try and keep a story going, Dave. You know that. Uh, well, look, that's the team situation sorted out. Uh, well, let's uh, move on to the individual. Uh, going into the competition, Apatie and Bazadze held the European spots. Fajani held the African spot. It was Gordon with the Pan American spot, and Wang and Yoshida with the two Asian spots. In Warsaw itself, uh, Aaron Zilagi, the Hungarian double Olympic champion, won the gold medal, beating Eli Dershowitz of the USA in the final. And it was Luca Caratelli of Italy and Osanguk of Korea who collected the bronze medals. Good results also for Hartung, Apatie and Bazadze. Uh, so, Dave, uh, let's start with um, with the European zone. Uh, how have things been affected as of the results from Warsaw? Yeah, so, I mean, the, the individual results were uh, all very congested at the top. So Apatie and Badzadze um, both finished in the eight. And so I'd say both sort of consolidated their individual places. I think as you allude to, Bash, uh, with, you know, if we change it up a bit in the team placings, then uh, then we've got to find out uh, what the impact of that would be. So the best Russian fencer on on my ranking is uh, Kamel Ibrigimov, um, who didn't have a great World Cup finishing uh, in the top 64, and that would mean that if Russia didn't have a team, then Reznikov uh, would miss out. Uh, who's a few points behind Ibrahimov, didn't have a good World Cup either. Finished in the top sixty-four. So that's really uh, that's sort of the toss-up we're looking at, uh, and it's really the only way that Anstett or uh, Seitz, for example, will have a chance of getting to the Olympic Games if France can get into that team spot. Yeah, interesting stuff. What about the uh, Pan American place? Any changes after Warsaw? No, no, all pretty, all pretty stable. And this is all obviously given that uh, the USA will qualify, which I think we're pretty certain they will. Shark uh, mm. Gordon, who had a fantastic uh, World Championship, uh, but he's had a couple other good results as well. Uh, finished in the top sixty-four, but he is a long way away from his compatriot uh, Joseph Polotofakis. So that's um, that's twenty-three and a half points. So we're now sort of without a medal from Joseph at one of these competitions. That's getting pretty sewn up. We'll still have to wait until the last uh, uh, last competition of the season, uh, but it's now quickly becoming insurmountable. Yeah. Now, what is the situation? Here's one for you. Let's challenge your spreadsheets, Dave. If the USA got a team gold yep. and, and managed to get into the top four, yep. that would release the Pan-American spot. Yep. And at the moment... Canada would pick that up. So what happens if Canada go as a team? Oh, that's, that's a nice. I thought you were going to ask me a hard question, Bash. Uh, <laughs> no, I mean, uh, front and centre for the um, the next best Pan Am slot is uh, Pascal Detella. Uh, he's from Argentina. Uh, but um, he's, I mean, he's a long, long way back uh, from from Gordon or, or even Pelosifakis. So that would be the the notional slot that would be unlocked for the for the Pan Am fencer. Um I think he'll be a monster at the zonal championship, the zonal qualifier as well. So, 
good chance he'll be there, uh, but that's a way for him to go uh, directly. Okay. Uh, so let's move on to uh, uh, um, Africa. So I'm trying to make a big story out of something that is very unlikely to happen. But um, let's move on to Africa. How have the individual results affected qualification for that African zonal spot? Yeah, so Egypt's not qualifying makes this all pretty easy, to be honest. Mm. Um, Faris Ferjani is by far the best fencer, um, possibly by far, possibly the best fencer in Africa. I mean, it wouldn't be too much of a stretch to say. Um, and he is comfortably ahead, not quite mathematically qualified. Um, but I say after the next World Cup, he will be mathematically qualified. Um, so I suspect he's booked his tickets to Tokyo already. Um, so yeah, Africa, um, African single zonal place is fairly, fairly easy. Okay, so that leaves us with Asia. Uh, as I said, Wang and Yoshida holding the spots going into Warsaw. Not much has changed. Uh, no, absolutely. Uh, not a really, not a really good day at all for 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 any of the the Asian fences outside the outside Korea. Really, um, uh, Wang Shi from China uh, holds the first Asian place. Uh, he's being chased down by Zhu Yinming, uh, but they both finished outside the top sixty-four. So Zhu needs another six points to catch Wang. You know that's um that's more than a thirty two at a World Cup, uh, so you know that's starting to become very difficult. And then we've got a cluster of fences chasing for that second Asian place. Uh, Yoshida from Japan currently holding that place, but we've got Vu behind him. Uh, we've got Streets from Japan also chasing his compatriot, you know, about four points back, five points back, and then possibly six points back. You could look at our Shamlan from Kuwait. Would be another potential chaser, but to be honest, Bash, we're just running out of time, and no one's really challenging Yoshida despite the opportunities. Yeah, I, I, I hear where you're coming from, but again, uh, should Iran do well in the next team competition and get a medal and put themselves into the four, China will be jumping up and down and screaming because they would would qualify for the Olympic Games via the team route, and that then opens up the. A couple of spots things could change right yeah definitely and uh, vu from vietnam would be the the most likely the net beneficiary of that he's a fantastic fencer as well so it'd be good to see him yeah interesting times so there we have it uh everything's remained as it was going into warsaw and uh, we have two world cups to come in olympic qualification for the men's sabros uh, where are we going next day well i thought i knew i mean i know it got changed i thought we were going to tower but I heard a rumour that that's not true. <laughs> right. So, Corona, COVID-19, uh, as the medics are calling it, has been causing issues across all sports. Uh, it's affecting Olympic qualification uh, and Paralympic qualification uh, for Tokyo 2020 because events are having to be moved, postponed, and uh, fencing is no different. You're quite right. Uh, there's a, a bit of an outbreak uh, hotspot in northern Italy. So, uh Padua, where the next World Cup was supposed to be, was indeed moved to Tauber, the Germans stepping in uh, to uh, save the day. Uh, but there was, let's say, some local political resistance to <laughs> the competition being held in the beautiful mm. little town of Tauber, Bischofstein. And they then had to withdraw. They had to pull out. Uh, absolutely no chance of uh, the competition going there. And it was our colleagues in Luxembourg who've stepped in just yesterday. In fact, it was confirmed that uh, the Men's Sabre World Cup will go to Luxembourg. I had a 
bit of a Facebook Messenger conversation with the fabulous Pascal Tesh uh, from uh, Luxembourg late last night. Um, they're very excited, but of course, it's an extremely stressful and very busy time for them to get this World Cup all put together. And it's a joint effort, in fact, of the French Federation and the German Federation supporting their colleagues in Luxembourg. So kudos to Luxembourg for standing in. Well done and good luck to them for that uh, competition. Um, uh, but uh, Corona itself, it's been having... Uh, well, a big effect, doesn't it, Dave? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I was supposed to be going to China for a Women's Epo World Cup in a couple of weeks. That's not happening. Um, in theory, we're going to Uzbekistan. Um, in theory, I'm supposed to be going to Korea in a couple of weeks for uh, the Asian Zonal Qualifier and Asian Championships, which will have the Seoul Grand Prix attached to it as well. So I suspect that may need to get moved as well. Doesn't sound like um, uh, doesn't sound like it's easy for anybody, especially the athletes and the organisers. Yeah, there's a there's a rumour that. Uh... The Seoul Grand Prix is already um, they're already in discussion about moving it potentially to uh, Tashkent in Uzbekistan. Oh, that's all right. Two 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 times in a row. I can go Uzbekistan twice in a month. That'll be fun. It's a great city, actually. It's a lovely, lovely old town. The market is really worth a visit. I've actually, yeah, not been there before. My first first time. So I'm, I've, everyone that was there for was, must be Junior World Championships a few years ago. Exactly. Um, yeah, and I missed that one. Um, everyone said it's phenomenal, so I'm quite looking forward to it. Uh, I just kind of want to find a few new cities, you know. I want to tick, tick a few more off. <laughs> well, uh, look, coming back to Corona, our thoughts are with anyone that's been affected uh, from a health point of view by uh, the uh, rather nasty bug that's going around. Uh, but it really has had a big Im- impact on the local organising committees of competitions, the federations, uh, the fences, and even you referees, Dave. Oh, no one thinks about us, Bash. <laughs> yeah, but it, it, it has been uh, a challenge and I think it will continue to be so uh, through the remainder of Olympic qualifications. So like I say, our thoughts and best wishes are with those that uh, are affected both from a health and a logistics point of view. Uh, but Dave, that's Men's Sabre wrapped up. We, we Like we said, we're going to Luxembourg next and then just one more competition. Yeah, we're going to finish off in Budapest and I couldn't think of a better city to finish off an Olympic qualification year. Absolutely. Well, thank you to you, Dave, as always. And thanks to all of you. We'll be back for more Olympic Fencing podcasts very soon.